Earth podcast with your host, Jake Weaver, engineered by Cedric Swan. Hey, everybody, we are back with another episode of Midnight's on Earth. I'm your host, Jake Weaver. And we're here to bring you more knowledge, more lights, and more love. And this week is a Beyond the News episode week. (laughs) Yeah, Brent's here. (laughs) Brent Anderson of Vinyl Force Herbs is here. And this is an episode, every seventh episode, essentially we have guest, 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 lecture, however it flows, the rhythm changes. But every seventh episode, we do a Beyond the News episode where we go through Earth's newsfeed, all the various sources, mainstream sources mostly, to find these stories that are out there that are showing incredibly strange things, but also just forward development, futurism, the other things that are happening on this planet. There's just a lot going on. So we do this every seventh episode. We go through these stories, Brent Anderson and I, and they're amazing. So we're going to do that. This is going to be awesome. Brynn, hello. How are you? I'm great. I'm doing well. Thank you. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Happy Beyond fall. the news, we're back. Yes, happy fall at this point. So we just went through the equinox. I just want to say happy. Equinox. So, so cool to be back. The Beyond the news episode. Where I really just get to stretch out, unwind, relax, have fun with you guys, the audience, which I appreciate so much. I definitely lovingly appreciate all of you out there listening. The listenership grows every single day. I want to thank you all for spreading the word, those that are, and just everything. Thank you. Things are doing really well, and I love these episodes. We're focusing on Earth. You want to hear about some of the weird, wacky stuff that's going on? That's what we're doing. We're focusing on our wonderful little blue, tiny planet that we live on. This little living entity that's floating in space. It's going to be very cool. But before we do that, people, I need you to do something for me. Go to bluecobracbd.com. That is bluecobracbd.com. And there you will find Blue Cobra CBD oil, the highest quality CBD oil on the planet. Period. Absolutely, period. And the reason that is, is that the CBD is extracted from the hemp, put into the oil using a proprietary method called the HIT extraction method. This was developed by a man named Howard HIT. And it involves no chemicals, no solvents, no gases, nothing unnatural was used in the production process. And the hemp is 100% organic Oregon grown hemp. The whole product itself is 100% organic. It's small batch, family owned. And there are three versions. The maximum strength, King Cobra. Regular Strength, Little King Cobra, and Wild Thing CBD for Pets. Because we want 
our pets to have the absolute best medicine, period. Don't give the loving animal spirit that has chosen to reside with you chemical poisons that are on the lowest tier of these animal medicine companies. No, get CBD, the best CBD, wild thing, CBD for pets. We have a discount code, which is big H B I G and the letter H that gets you free shipping on any order in the continental 48 United States. And there's a money back guarantee. If you do not like the product for some reason, you can keep the product, get your money back. If you had to pay shipping, you get your shipping money back. It's a win-win scenario. If you have any questions, Howard is available. His phone number, his email is on the website, bluecobracbd.com. And I love Blue Cobra CBD oil. I took some today. It helps me be my best self. I absolutely love it. There's nothing else like it. His method retains the complete spiritual essence of the cannabis plant. That's CBD. That's a part of it. It's, it's completely retained in there. There's really no words that can express how magical this product is. I absolutely love it. So go check it out, people. BlueCobraCBD.com. That is BlueCobraCBD.com. And when you're done with that, after you check out bluecoverscbd.com, follow me on Instagram at midnight underscore on underscore earth. That is the address. You can follow me there. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Stitcher. There's so many platforms. Whatever platform you prefer, click that button. That follow, subscribe, whatever that is, click that button that connects us so you know exactly what's going on in real time. When I drop episodes, you find out about it instantly. So please do that for me wherever you go. There's so many places now. It's mind-blowing how podcast culture is exploding. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to be here with you, and I appreciate your support. And tell a friend, tell someone that you know that loves these type of podcasts, that is interested in what these guests are sharing with us. People like Lion Goodman, Sarah Artemisia, the wonderful guest, Wendy Weird. We've had so many great guests. All of our guests are great. And they share with us, they're so generous. Help us get their information out there to people. Tell them for me, bring them here midnightonearth.com okay all that is now out of the way and we're gonna do a beyond the news episode you know i always find these crazy wild weird stories and they usually have themes they kind of have a cluster of themes as we get through the episode and we read these articles we talk about them again all mostly from mainstream sources or citing mainstream sources. Bryn, how are you feeling? You ready for Beyond the News? I'm ready. I heard you have dug up some good ones today. Who did you hear that from? Uh, well, there was this 
spider on the wall. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. Did I tell you that? And then you're referring to me like in the third person? Or Yes, like, I am actually. No, okay. you told me. You said, get on over here. I've got some good articles. Remember? I actually said, get on, get on over here. Got me some good articles. You did. That, it was just like that. What is happening here? This is like... <laughs> Is this the Large Hadron Collider? Because I don't remember any of that actually happening. It is. It, is this it's like specifically a, it's the, the Mandela effect? Yeah. It's your reality. You're from the multiverse where I did those things. I'm from reality where none of that actually happened. <laughs> Wait, why is yours reality I'm and mine kidding. isn't? We're all in our own little realities, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. It's so amazing. Okay. I may so, have heard you differently than the way you <laughs> I'm glad said. word on the street is that I've dug up some great articles because we usually do. Okay. Let's hear them. I don't know if there's ever duds. Uh, email me if there's a dud. Email me. Just email me. How about that, people? Talk to this guy. If you want personal feedback. I've given personal feedback. I love connecting with you guys. It's been amazing. People send me messages via Instagram or emails directly or through the message box on the website. And it gets to me. And I deeply appreciate the feedback. And I love it. And feel free to email me more. Let's build a community. If you happen to listen to the afterthought, after Lion Goodman's episode, you'll know that I mentioned Patreon and Facebook groups and different things that are on the horizon for expanding midnight on earth. Uh, and we're building community. That's what we're doing. We're building community. I want you to be a part of it. The show's growing. We're now up to 145 countries, which is startling to me because when you see and you feel the fact that your voice, our information, what you've been listening to and contributing to with your energy, the guests, it's been going around the world, other continents, places I've never been to like Africa and several countries in Africa, almost the complete continent. So many places around the world that I've never been to, but they're hearing my voice. And I just want to say thank you to all of you. And it's just mind blowing. I don't know where I was going with that, but I just feel super blessed and honored and grateful that the audience is expanding. So you be a part of the community. Thank you for being a part of this. But we're going to read the stories. <laughs> like I said, the Beyond the News episode, this is where we get to stretch out and have fun. There's no boundaries. There's no expectations. There's no time stamp. I could literally go for four hours, five hours if Bryn doesn't I, leave. Sorry, I don't have that long. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I'm sorry. We're going to get to this. Okay, here we go. Are you ready, Bryn? I'm ready. She's ready, people. Okay, first story. Okay, this is from... SACurrent.com, San Antonio Current. Headline, Texas named among the best states for UFO fans. And here's the story. From the mysterious Marfa Lights to recent reports of UFO sightings, the Lone Star State is a hotbed for odd occurrences in the firmament. Maybe that's why it should come as no surprise that a new report ranked Texas among the best states for folks who like watching the skies for signs of extraterrestrial life. Online lawn care service provider Lawn Love okay, ranked 
U.S. states using metrics such as the number of reported sightings, communication tower registrations, and Air Force bases to determine which states are the best for UFO fans. With more than 15,400 witness accounts representing 12% of all U.S. sightings, California topped the list. The Lone Star State took the number two spot for UFO fans but landed in first place when it came to the potential for actually having a UFO sighting. In recent weeks, multiple Texas residents, including some in San Antonio, reported seeing abnormalities in the night sky, leading to speculation about an alien invasion. However, these sightings ultimately turned out to be billionaire Elon Musk's Starlink satellites, or at least that's what officials are claiming. I like this author. Yes, I feel the same way. Are they the Starlink? What a cover story. If everybody just said Starlink, I have not personally seen those lines yet. Other people have that I know and I've seen pictures. So people, Texas, if you really want to see a UFO, I think it's just because of square footage. Is it just because of sheer uh, per capita acreage? Could be. Did you say 15,000 sightings is only 12% of the sightings in the country? That's kind of an interesting number that just snuck in there. Isn't that interesting? Because listen to what it implies, this huge amount of UFO sightings every year. And then we're in this dimension where we're not allowed to acknowledge that. We have to stay within a certain frequency bandwidth of reality processing in order to just kind of stay where we are and not evolve. So all of that information that's included with those alien civilizations and acknowledging the reality of that takes us into a higher level of existence. So they just can't have that. So we're still in this delusion as there's hundreds of thousands of sightings every single year, just in America. Good Lord. Well, Interestingly, listen to this, okay? This is the next story, International Business Times, ibtimes.com. Headline, Navy refuses to share more UFO videos as their release might harm national security, in quotes. See, I've heard about this. They're saying, oh, wait, no, you can't have that information because we don't want you to know, as I was just saying. Here's the story. The U.S. Navy has finally admitted that it has more videos of unidentified flying objects in its archives, but in the same breath refused to share them, citing national security concerns. The matter came to light when the government transparency site, the Black Vault, filed a request through the Freedom of Information Act for the immediate release of all material pertaining to UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAPs, as known by the Department of Defense. The U.S. Navy had previously released three videos captured by Navy pilots featuring high-tech aircraft maneuvering in impossible ways. Gary Kaysen, Deputy Director of the Freedom of Information Act program justified the release of these videos in a response letter saying, 
While three UAP videos were released in the past, the facts specific to those three videos are unique in that those videos were initially released via unofficial channels before official release. Those events were discussed extensively in the public domain. In fact, major news outlets conducted specials on these events. Given the amount of information in the public domain regarding these encounters, it was possible to release the files without further damage to national security, Kaysen further wrote. And as far as other videos are concerned, the deputy director refused to share them with the Black Vault, noting that it will harm national security. So they're just saying because they were leaked out that somehow it was okay to be like, okay, yeah, I guess they're already out there. But all the other ones that we have, you can't have because uh, they would harm national security. And I don't know if you saw those videos. They're incredible. Uh, The flying pyramid UFOs, the UFO that's traveling at high speed over water. They've been out there. If you're in the know, they've been out there for a while and they're powerful videos. They're just one step closer to disclosure. And the Black Vault, I would say thank you to the Black Vault. They've been around since the early 90s. It was started by a teenager. I remember when he started it in like 92 or something or somewhere around there. And he just started contacting the uh, agency that deals with the Freedom of Information Act. And he started getting all this information and putting it on his website when the internet was early. Did you see, I don't know, maybe it's in one of your articles. Uh, I, I believe it's, the, is it the national security administration or something? They were coming up with a new logo and it has a flying saucer in it. It's like, yes, I did hear about that. And yeah, they, but I then s- they took it out. Oh, they did. Okay. Cause I, I just saw the picture. It had like a, I don't know, a rocket, a, airplane a satellite and then a ufo right at the bottom like a little flying saucer at the bottom yes they said it was put there by mistake Uh, whoops by mistake oh wait wait. (laughs) yeah there's a whole new world coming people let's talk a little bit more about ufos and we know that after i believe 70 years maybe a little bit longer queen elizabeth died in england and she has a family this royal family they've been around forever these ancient bloodlines we could do a whole podcast episode speculating on the nature of royal bloodlines and do they connect to extraterrestrials the nephilim i don't know but here we go this is from wfmc.com headline prince phillips UFO investigation could be released. This is the person he actually died before Queen Elizabeth. I believe he was Queen Elizabeth's brother. My fans in England, my listeners, my people in the UK, let me know. I'm pretty sure I'm right. And here's the story. Prince Philip's UFO investigation could be released following the death of Queen Elizabeth. The prince developed a fascination with aliens after a bricklayer reported a close encounter with extraterrestrial life at the home of Lord Lewis Mountbatten, Philip's late uncle. But until now, his investigative work into UFO sightings in the UK has remained under wraps. 
Philip, who died in April 2021, aged 99, has been credited with creating a so-called Royal X-Files on the subject of space and alien life. And the royal family are now facing calls for the investigation to be made public, the Daily Star newspaper reports. The work previously remained a secret during the reign of the queen. Nick Pope, the ex-Ministry of Defense official who was in charge of the UK government's UFO desk between 1991 and 1994, claims that Philip and Sir Peter Horsley, his ex-RAF associates, spent years investigating alien sightings. He also claimed Philip's interest in the subject was deliberately kept under wraps during the reign of the late monarch as it would have caused a stir. (laughs) Lord Mountbatten, who was assassinated in August 1979, and Prince Philip are said to have talked extensively about the possibility of extraterrestrial life, and Richard Dolan, an expert on the UFO subject, is convinced that the late monarch was aware of the conversations between Philip and his uncle. So he was into UFOs. His bricklayer told him a story. It's interesting. That's like how information came to him from the outside world, like from one of his like laborers. Right, exactly. He's like, wait, what? What's going on out there? Yeah, and then that's interesting. It's been uh, suppressed. We'll see if it comes out. I don't know. It's it, There's more coming out. You know, you have celebrities talking about it, here is IB Times, again, ibtimes.com, International Business Times. Headline, Miley Cyrus, famous pop star, Miley Cyrus was once chased down by a yellow UFO, quote, it fucked me up. Dang. She said. <laughs> yeah. I had no idea. Here's the story. Miley Cyrus once had a close encounter with an extraterrestrial being that left her shaken. During an on-call interview with fashion designer Rick Owens, published in Interview Magazine in October 2020, the 29-year-old singer claimed that she once saw a UFO while driving through San Bernardino, California. Here's what she said. This is why I'm going to be like reading the words of Miley Cyrus. I had an experience, actually. I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend, and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. Cyrus shared after Owens mentioned his visit to Area 51 in Nevada. She continued, The best way to describe it is a flying snowplow. It had this big plow in the front, and it was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my friend saw it too. There were a couple of other cars on the road, and they also stopped to look. So I think what I saw was real. She thinks, huh? The pop star said she was shaken for around five days following the alleged sighting, adding, it fucked me up. Cyrus explained that though she did not feel threatened during the alleged encounter, quote, looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around, quote, shook her. Wow. She had a moment. Cyrus said that what she saw could have been caused by the weed wax. She said she purchased from a man in a van 
stationed in front of a taco shop, but she insisted that the UFO sighting might have been real as it was also seen by other people in the same vicinity at the time. Cyrus's father, Billy Ray Cyrus, has also claimed to have seen UFOs, according to Yahoo Entertainment. Wow. So she, it could have been the weed wax, but she's pretty <laughs> sure because other people saw that. Other people too. saw the yellow snow plow. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, the, that's what I said. Well, there's just so many sightings. Like, of course, right. Miley Cyrus saw she, All she has to do is look up, like look up for an extended time. I challenge everyone to just look up, go outside and look up for like an hour. And I have a feeling you'll see something. Even if it's just satellite, you'll see some anomalous situation happening and who knows what you might say and here's our next article bgr.com headline astronomers found a new way to hunt for alien worlds because usually they do that method where they're kind of like seeing how planets go in front of a star and they see the shadow or something to that effect here we go here's the story the hunt for alien worlds is more difficult than it may seem Without the ability to travel through the cosmos, we're left to look through telescopes and collect data to determine whether other planets lie in wait. Now, though, astronomers say they may have figured out a new way to make the search for these alien worlds much easier. And it relies on a technique that looks for debris fields. Fang Long a post-doctor fellow at Harvard and the Smithsonian Center for Astrophysics says she discovered a possible new technique that can make finding worlds much easier. Instead of relying on blindly sifting through data, long looked for materials and fields of debris at the Lagrange points. She published a paper on the technique and her findings in the astrophysical journal letters the lagrange points can be thought of as parking places in space these points are notable because they act as an intersection of the different gravitational fields between celestial structures essentially these points act as a middle ground between gravitational poles as such the pull of gravity from all objects is equal weird so debris from developing alien worlds may congregate here, Long says. Unfortunately, proving her hypothesis is impossible with the current state of astronomy technology. But if we can prove it down the line, it could make hunting for alien worlds and the subsequent alien life that might be out there even easier to find. Until then, we can rely at least on the James Webb telescope to show us more about the alien planets that await discovery okay so there's just new techniques developing it's just kind of showing us that when our science is settled when things are focused on one point new techniques develop, and then we get new information that's going to keep happening well it's just interesting what comes out of people's brains too that they're inspiration inspired in some way to be like hey you know if this gravitational field here does this and that in this way then it means this and i can extrapolate this it's just interesting to see how people start to make connections and come up with ideas and sometimes they work i don't know yeah it's really interesting 
um, you know, we unlock that divine knowledge. I think you're tapping into the Akashic Records at that point. Probably so. And then you're downloading what can be handled in the frequency range of where we're all at at that time. Or maybe it's a, a booster. I don't know how that sometimes, all works. That's all sometimes conjecture. it's an access. I think you're accessing something and it may be the right time and sometimes it's not. And that's when you're ahead of your time and no one believes you until like Tesla after you're dead. And then they're like, everybody's like, Oh yeah, well, that, that, well yeah, that's obvious. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I, I pulled that out of the ether like 50 years ago, but you know, yeah. So anyway, anyways, news.yahoo.com headline is earth being pummeled by derelict alien spacecraft. Or our own space junk, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Here's the blame story. it on the aliens, right? It's exactly. our own garbage. No, who knows? Like who's? Oh, it, it, that. But those are bad. That, that was Regulon Nine. Oh, yeah, okay. that wasn't a news satellite. Or that anything. was not us. Okay, here's the story. Between 1957 and 1968, scientists decided to try their hand at creating new minerals that could act as very effective conductors of electricity. They invented a pair, hydeite and brenzenite. After a few years, the same minerals unexpectedly started showing up in fragments of meteorites that had landed on Earth. What? As it turns out, these weren't materials that had to be invented, though how they were able to form outside the lab remained a mystery to scientists. Now, six decades later, a Venezuelan researcher is trying to connect the dots between the minerals those scientists made in labs and the same minerals that came crashing to Earth from space. Maybe, just maybe, those superconducting minerals that came from space are also artificial. BP embayed a physicist at Central University of Venezuela hypothesized in a study that appeared online on September 13th. Oh, so they're saying, okay, they made this mineral. They thought they invented it. It was lab created. And then they started finding it in asteroids. Like what is going on here? There's a lot of layers that you can unpack that one and talk about manifestation and willpower and, and the responsive universe saying, oh, you think you created that? It, it, it was always there. And you're like, very, very strange. And if that's the case, the story continues, the minerals could be evidence of extraterrestrial technology, techno-signatures, as scientists like to say. It is important to be open-minded and even provocative to consider the following question. Are these meteoric minerals samples of extraterrestrial techno signatures embayed wrote? It's quite possible. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, it could be a quantum situation where quantum entanglement creates something. We attract that. Or like I said, it's the living universe responding to our creations on earth. What we feel like we created with our willpower out of nothing. The universe then responds and says, I'm, Look, look at this. Look, I, I got this. Yeah, look, here it I, is. Here, here's that same thing that you created. Uh, let's talk. Like, it's some sort of dialogue that we don't understand. Wow. Maybe. I just have to say I don't really feel like that title had anything to do with the article. Yeah, you know, that was a little, That was. I think they call that clickbait. You know? <laughs> but it was still interesting. No, it was very interesting. I was just still waiting for the part that had to do with the 
I think they're talking pummeled. about the <laughs> meteorites. The meteorites. Okay. The spacecraft and they're hitting Earth, which is the pummeling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's our next one. Nature.com. Headline. Web telescope wows with first image of an exoplanet. I heard about this. They actually took a picture. Bryn, can you see this picture? I can see the picture. That, that's it. That's our first out of our solar system planet from another solar system. Whoa. It's it, so detailed. It looks like a lamp in the distance. It, it, it looks like uh, another Earth. Like, can you see the continents and stuff or? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> it actually just looks like some uh kind of looks like a Mario kind of looks like Mario Brothers one. It's There's one like of those Mario sunflowers. fireballs. Yeah, the fireballs. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Like the ones that yeah. you know when you get the when you can Mario spit fireballs. Anyways. Those are actually planets that Mario's thrown out of his pocket. It was all there the whole time. Here's the story. It's pre-programming. The James Webb Space Telescope has taken its first picture of a planet beyond the solar system, opening a window to understanding other worlds and underscoring the telescope's immense capabilities. The image of a planet called HIP65426b, again with the catchy names, an object similar to Jupiter, but younger and hotter. Wait. <laughs> They're going to have to change the name then, you know, like that's not going to work. They're going to have to call it like Roxy or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> wow. You know, I wonder if that person realized writing this, that lies 107 parsecs from earth in the constellation Centaurus. It is the first exoplanet image ever taken at deep infrared wavelengths which allow astronomers to study the full range of a planet's brightness and what it is made of it gives us wavelengths we've never seen planets at before says beth biller an astronomer at the university of edinburgh uk and a member of the discovery team astronomers at this point know of more than 5,000 exoplanets but they have taken pictures of only around 20 Imaging exoplanets directly is difficult because they are often lost in the glare of the star around which they orbit. Interesting. So there you go. They got a picture. And this is just the beginning. I mean, wait another hundred years. I'm sure. That's, I don't know. Telescopes can do crazy things. They can. So far, but yeah. So I'm sure this is just the horizon of what's to come with all of the technology opening well, up. Yes, and speaking of those telescopes, we did kind of like a test to shoot down an asteroid coming at us. Oh, right. Uh, and it was captured with both the James Webb and the Hubble telescope, which is so cool. So if an asteroid is coming at us, we're testing the technology as humans, planet Earth, we're testing the technology to shoot that asteroid down <laughs> so it doesn't kill us. Uh, we have that now. The dinosaurs, if that's how they really went out, they didn't have that. We have that. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> they didn't have the asteroid shooter. They did not have a dinosaur nuclear rocket. So here we go. Headline, James Webb and Hubble telescope images capture DART, D-A-R-T, DART asteroid collision. 
Here's the story. NASA made history this week after an attempt to slam its DART, which stands for Double Asteroid Redirection Test Spacecraft, into an asteroid nearly 7 million miles away proved successful. While NASA shared some close-up images of the impact, it observed the planetary defense test from afar as well, thanks to the help of the James Webb and Hubble Space Telescopes. On the surface, the images aren't exactly the most striking things we've seen from either telescope, but they could help reveal a lot of valuable information. This was the first time that Hubble and the James Webb Space Telescope have observed the same celestial target simultaneously. While that was a milestone for the telescopes in itself, NASA suggests the data they captured will help researchers learn more about the history and makeup of the solar system. They'll be able to use the information to learn about the surface of Dimorphos, and this was the asteroid they were dealing with, and how much material was ejected after dark crashed into it and how fast that material was traveling. Oh, so it didn't even like destroy the asteroid, just like took a chunk out of it. So they were just like, ah, we just want to see what happens if we take a chunk out of an asteroid 7 million miles I was going to say 7 miles million away. miles away. Uh, it took about 10 months for DART, which is about the size of a vending machine, to reach Dimorphos, the asteroid. The football stadium-sized asteroid was about 6.8 million miles away from Earth when DART rammed into it. Pulling off an experiment like that is no mean feat. The learnings scientists gained from the test may prove invaluable. Wow. Okay. And Hubble captured about 45 images of it, it looks like. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting that both telescopes watch at the same time from different angles. That's cool. Uh, also, I guess to note that you need like 10 months notice if you're going to be trying to intercept something. They said it took 10 months for it to reach there. It's not like you can be like, oh, this asteroid's coming tomorrow. It's not going to work, at least currently. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, who knows what we really have, though. It's exactly. Really That's also true. Uh, here's more uh, exoplanet news. This is from phys phys phys.org headline astronomers discover two super earths orbiting nearby star here's the story an international team of astronomers report the discovery of two new super earth exoplanets orbiting a nearby late type m dwarf star the new found alien worlds designated LP890-9B <laughs> and LP890-9C <laughs> are slightly larger than the Earth. The finding has been published in Astronomy and Astrophysics. Super-Earths are planets more massive than Earth, but not exceeding the mass of Neptune. Although the term super-Earth refers only to the mass of the planet, it is also used by astronomers to describe planets bigger than Earth, but smaller than so-called mini Neptunes, which have a radius between two to four Earths. Okay. Both stars are about 
104 light years away from Earth. Interesting. So they're out there, these other Earths. And the astronomers that discovered them pointed out that their discovery makes LP890-9b the second coolest star found to host planets after TRAPPIST-1. Oh, my God. Here's other ones we don't even know about. They added that LP890-9c is the second most favorable habitable zone terrestrial planet known so far. Okay, cool. Thanks for pointing that out. Earth uh, 3. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're going there for next spring break. All right. Uh, well, what about Mars? Let's go to Mars for spring break. Sunday we'll be able to do that, people. I want to go to Mars in my lifetime. Two places I really want to go are Egypt and Mars. <laughs> so they're both kind of sandy places. So we'll see. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe they both have pyramids. Maybe you can just get to Mars through Egypt. Ooh, that is an incredible thought. That's a book series you should write. <laughs> but here's our next article. Uh, scientificamerican.com. Here is the headline about Mars. China's Mars rover finds hints of catastrophic floods. And here's the story. China's Zurong rover has peered deep under the surface of Mars, finding evidence of two major floods that probably shaped the region the robot has been exploring since it landed in May 2021, which I didn't hear anything about. Maybe we covered it, but I don't remember that. An analysis published in Nature today is the first result from Zurong's radar imager, which can probe up to 100 meters below the surface. Quote, it is a very interesting paper, and I was particularly impressed by how deep they can see with this radar, says Eric Homrin, a planetary scientist at the University of Oslo, who analyzed the only previous data from ground-penetrating radar used on the planet collected by NASA's Perseverance rover. The history of Zurong's landing site on Utopia Planitia, vast plains in Mars's northern hemisphere, has puzzled scientists. Some have theorized that water or ice was once a feature of the landscape. Observations from space have identified sedimentary deposits that suggest the region was once an ancient ocean or submerged by huge floods and geological features such as pitted cones resemble structures formed by water or ice. I feel like at some point one of those rovers is going to uncover like a buried library and it just has pictures of Mars as it used to be with water and oxygen and all that. Wouldn't that be interesting? They're like, oh, this fossilized library. And then they find like the whole the, history of Mars. The yeah. Mars Sea Scrolls. Yes, it's, uh, the it's, Mars Sea Scrolls. There they are. More radar results are expected from the mission, including data taken during Zurong's continued traverse of Mars results from the high frequency radar measurements already made and the other Chinese object on Mars, Tianwen-1's orbital radar observations, 
which penetrate deep into the planet. They could clarify details of the terrain. Wow. So we don't really hear a lot about the Chinese astronomy and the Chinese space program that's going on. Really, I feel like I'm bringing it to you guys because you don't see it in American media at all. Absolutely zero, nothing. Right. But yet here it is in Scientific American. It's there. It's just not reported on. It's not publicized. Shall we yeah, say. it's not in the mainstream of the mainstream, if that makes sense. And here's another thing about Mars that I found. Again, this is from IB Times, International Business Times. Headline, bird spotted an image captured by Curiosity rover on Mars. Bryn, look at this. It's something in the sky, right? It is something in the sky. It appears to be winged. Interesting. There's something going on there. It looks like something flying through the sky. We're zooming in on this using advanced computer technology. <laughs> and it does <laughs> look like zoom feature. Some sort of <laughs> what is that? It looks what? like some sort of moving creature. Well, it could be a creature, but it also could be a craft. It's you can't really tell. Looks like three segments could be a body and two wings, but it could also be some other like flying object landing. It's hard to say. Well, here's the story. Or even if it's a bug on the lens, that would still be a flying creature, I <laughs> hey, suppose. I guess. You know? So. <laughs> well, here's the story. Uh, a video uploaded by Conspiracy Theory YouTube channel, Art Alien TV, Mars Zoo, shows an image apparently captured by NASA's Mars Curiosity rover. And the bizarre photo reveals a bird-like flying object in the skies of Mars. It's something in the skies of Mars, just period. So that's anomalous in itself, so they say. As the video went viral online, skeptics brushed it aside, saying the image could be something stuck on the lens. But the uploader refuted this angle and stated that photos captured some moments later do not show the object. He even suggested that aliens might be living secretly on Mars. Or publicly. Just because yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. we don't know about it. Secrets to us. They're, they're, they're like, what do you mean? We, we're here. What looks like a UFO on Mars in Gale Crater. It is probably quite small and close to the rover, but it's hard to tell. It may be some windblown debris of some sort, but seems to have symmetry and almost... Insect-like appearance. Rocks don't fly. An open mind is required when viewing images from other planets. One day, our very survival may depend on it, wrote the uploader, the person who uploaded that, in the video's description. It almost looks more like an object than an animal to me when you zoom in, honestly. But I don't know. <sighs> I don't know either. It, But it's not like... It has sections, oval well, go, sections. Go where, look yeah, tell at people it. where to look. Go look at it. The IB Times, like Bird, Mars, Google, Google it or whatever search engine you use. Put it in your search engine. Another YouTuber, Starzone, suggested that the object spotted in the image could be a small meteor that entered the Martian atmosphere. Sure, why not? Okay, well. Let's pivot out of space for a little bit while. Maybe we'll go back into space. We're getting way out there into space. So we're going to talk about 
developments in AI. I love talking about this. I'm not afraid of the AI, especially when it looks like this. This is from the sun.com headline headline AI powered robot rapper signs major record deal and has already released first single. I heard about this. Okay. Here's the story. A virtual artist has released a single as the first augmented reality rapper and signed with famed label capital records with face tattoos, gold grills, and a fast paced cadence. F N Mecca has all of the unmistakable traits of today's rappers, except a real body capital records, executive VP of experimental marketing and business development told music business worldwide that FN Mecca's record meets at the intersection of music technology and gaming culture. The song was released as a royalty free project catered to streamers on YouTube and Twitch who can use the track without monetization or takedowns. Really? Does that mean, I guess that means we must listen to it. So let's listen to it or maybe not. Maybe we won't do that. I don't know. It, it could be too inappropriate. I know it's very inappropriate from what I understand. And I'll tell you why in just a second, Anthony Martini, co-founder of the VR company that developed FN Mecca said the rapper was designed using thousands of data points compiled from video games and social media. We've developed a proprietary AI technology that analyzes certain popular songs of a specified genre and generates recommendations for the various elements of song construction, lyrical content, chords, melody, tempo, sound, etc. Martini explained to Music Business Worldwide last year. Most of the song is engineered by AI programs, but FN Mecca is still voiced by a human artist. Engineers at Martini's Factory New are aiming to change that in time. Okay, so it's not as AI as they say. They're just trying to push that out there, get some clicks and views. I get it. The lyrics are generated by AI. But the story continues. Are you ready for this? Because this all happened while I was doing these interviews since the last Beyond the News episode. So here we go. This is from XXLMag.com. And the headline is Capital Records Drops Virtual AI Rapper FN Mecca Following Backlash. Here's the story. Grand opening, grand closing. Just days after news broke that AI-powered virtual rapper FN Mecca had signed a deal with Capitol Records. The label announced it has dropped the bot following backlash. On August 23rd, a rep for Capitol Records released a statement to XXL confirming its decision to part ways with the rapper. Here's the quote. CMG has severed ties with the FN Mecca project effective immediately. We offer our deepest apologies to the black community for our insensitivity in signing this project without asking enough question about equity and the creative process behind it. 
We thank those who have reached out to us with constructive feedback in the past couple of days. Your input was invaluable as we came to the decision to end our association with the project. The opposition to FN Mecca apparently received a strong push from what is called Industry Blackout, a unified body of black people in the industry committed to changing the community, in quotes. That's how they describe themselves on Twitter. And they released a statement against the project, calling it an, quote, abomination and disrespectful to real people who face real consequences in real life. Apparently, there was lots of uh, intense language that just didn't resonate with people. So it's gone. No more recording contract. You lost it, buddy. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. You got canceled already. (laughs) Well, it seems kind of weird to just aggregate lyrics and from other songs without, I mean, without understanding what any of it means it's like oh this is popular this is popular this is here this is there put it all together and it makes a song like without analyzing the content or what that really means for people like if there's no soul behind it is what you're saying it's just an (laughs) aggregation of common phrases and cliches very much cliches and yeah i hear you okay so interesting that's that's what it seems like anyways The AI continues. This is from news.yahoo.com. Headline, Revolutionary Artificial Intelligence Makes Quantum Physics 99.99% Simpler. We're making quantum leaps. So listen to this. This is so cool. If you can wrap your head around this, here's the story. Scientists have reduced a vastly complex quantum physics problem requiring 100,000 equations to just four equations using artificial intelligence. The team hope that the dimensionality reduction method could revolutionize scientific investigation into quantum problems, leading to breakthroughs in ultra-efficient material design. Wait, you said dimensional reduction? Method. Yeah, method. that's what they call it. Yeah. Hold on. Let me get my dimensional reduction. It, it's it's really interesting. Wow. That is interesting. Potential outcomes could include new materials that have useful properties like superconductivity or have applications in fields ranging from neuroscience to renewable energy. Physicists have grappled how to deal with the way the electrons become quantum mechanically entangled meaning they cannot be treated individually within the formula and then require vast computational power to figure it out using a neural network the team were able to train it over many weeks to find a small set of equations that generated the same solution as the method that involved thousands of equations. And here's a quote, a neural network. Uh Oh, <laughs> sounds like a, a being here we go. Here's the quote. When we saw the result, we said, wow, this is more than what we expected. Dr. D Sante said we were really able to capture the relevant physics. 
The scientists now hope to test the approach on more complex quantum systems that involve electrons interacting at long distances. So they use to let the AI look for the common patterns of equations. It's incredible what's coming. We're going to be making quantum leaps to vast and strange places like Uranus. There's a competition to go to Uranus. It's Uranus. Is it really? It is. Is it potato or tomato? I don't know, but it sounds better when you say Uranus. Well, I'm... <laughs> you don't think it's more It actually is Uranus, it, if you go back to it. It's, uh, like if you're British? Is that what you're saying? No, like if you go back, I believe, I'm pretty sure it's a Roman god, Uranus. Love you, it's my British O-U-R. Okay. Like our, like Uranus. Well, we're getting back to space a little bit. We took a AI break we're getting back to space this is from msn.com here's the headline nasa's flagship mission to uranus should use nuclear propulsion okay currently nasa is studying the concept of a uranus orbiter and atmospheric probe as its next big multi-billion dollar flagship mission a SpaceX Falcon Heavy rocket would launch the mission in 2032 or 33. It would use an Earth flyby and a Jupiter flyby gravity assist maneuver for an arrival in 2044 or 45. While one part of the robotic probe would orbit the great ice giant planet, examining it and its moons and rings for several years, another would plunge into Uranus's atmosphere to study its secrets. NASA, though, has been working on nuclear propulsion technology for several years to use it to send humans to Mars as part of the Artemis program. Recently, DARPA started its own nuclear propulsion development project, planning a space-based test in 2026. Thus, if everything goes well, the technology should be ready for the Uranus mission six or so years later. So we could have nuclear propulsion sending us to Uranus and China's trying to get to Uranus in a unique way, a unique new way. Again, this is from msn.com. Here is the headline. China is planning to probe Uranus in a unique new way. Here's the story. China because we don't hear about China a lot unless you dig for it. It's not in the mainstream voice, you could say. China has announced new plans for a Uranus probe. The new probe will be a part of China's Tianwen-4 mission. It's set to launch for the distant planet in 2030. Probing Uranus has become a top priority for scientists in recent years. In fact, one community even came up with names for a possible probe mission from NASA. I don't even want to look at those. I heard about that. They're funny. Now China has a special mission planned to send a spacecraft to Uranus. All right, fine. Let's, let's, let's look at some of the names really quick. I'm matching an article in like the onion or something, you know, with uh, uh, many suggestions. Operation butt plug, prostate exam, and even Anus, A-N-U-S, Advanced New Uranus Space Mission. Oh, stop. <laughs> okay, Seriously, there. humans are so stuck on butt jokes forever. I like mean. When, you know, it's 
just I don't know. They're somehow it's it's just strange. We, we we're still weirded out in a subconscious way by the strange oddities of the human body. I guess so. So basically they want to go to the planet in the 2030s and they'll be able to get there by the 2040s and then start sending back pictures similarly to what has been happening on Mars. Are, haven't they gone to Venus now too? Isn't there a Venus? There is probes, probe? but yeah. we don't have huge pictures or great pictures from Venus. But here's the thing. That was all conjecture from America, but China's already doing it. And on top of targeting Uranus, there's something else that makes this mission unique. Most probe missions thus far have focused on carrying space craft for a singular mission. However, when Tianwen-4 kicks off in 2030, it will actually carry two probes into space, one probe for Jupiter and China's first Uranus probe. Okay, that makes sense, especially if you're doing a flyby of Jupiter, then why not drop off a camera? We're going out there. Could you imagine if we combined our efforts instead of having these little regions on the Earth just like have their own little probes? Oh, yeah. You know, it's... But somehow... Because we're so set on the value of information and data, we need to be the first ones. There's some advantageous situation that happens from the first data discovery, from the, being the first person to discover some new right. life-altering information. Like, Rather let's say, than just like as humans, we did it together. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. Good old competition. You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and it's probably about UFOs. And here's something that NASA said. This is from space.com. Here is the headline. NASA going full force to gear up for UFO study. Here's the story. NASA isn't taking its coming UFO investigation lightly. The agency announced in June that it will open a scientific study into UFOs or as they've recently been rebranded UAPs. Just now they're going to do that? A uh, scientific study? A, a new one, yeah. The main goals will be to identify and characterize the available UFO data and lay out the best ways to collect observations in the future, also determining how the agency can use such data to advance our understanding of these puzzling skylights. So they know they're, oh man, there's just so much going on. But they, it's another like Project Blue Book, another study panel. The panel will consist of 15 to 17 people. And they will be the world's leading scientists, data practitioners, artificial intelligence practitioners, aerospace safety experts, all with a specific charge. And that is uh, from Daniel Evans from NASA. So this new investigation is highly anticipated by other humans, I guess, and will doubtless be eagerly read. And not just by diehard believers in the UFO community, but others as well, the mainstream. Indeed, agency officials have said that they hope the study helps bring UAP research into the rigorous, objective, scientific mainstream. Okay, cool. Another new group. Okay, this one is really cool. This one is really cool, and it's going to have an audio component. This was the 
This was reported on in a lot of places, but we're just going to pick one. We're going to listen to this. This is going to be so mind-blowing. So NASA has recorded the sound of a black hole. They've used their probes and they've edited it in a way that can be heard by human ears. So is this kind of like the sounds that have been recorded from the planets themselves? Like that kind of thing where they've got exactly microphones out by whatever and the planets like singing its song. Uh, the black hole song? Or? Exactly. And okay. NASA said that the idea that there is no sound in space is merely a misconception. And the misconception that there is no sound in space originates because most space is a vacuum, providing no way for sound waves to travel. A galaxy cluster has so much gas that we've picked up actual sound. Here it's amplified and mixed with other data to hear a black hole. So this is what they're saying a black hole sounds like. NASA has released this. Mixed with other data. Is that like other ingredients on a like food label? Like you don't know what it is? Like what's the other? <laughs> is it really the black hole? Well, here <laughs> what's the other data? This is what they say it sounds like. This is audio approximating the sound of a black hole. Okay. So here we go. Let's listen. Ready, guys? I kind of get that. I kind of kind of imagine what you yeah. would think a black hole would sound like. Sure, wow. I, I was I was getting some Ooh. racetrack. I was Ooh. getting some like everything going into some crazy portal. That was interesting. Okay, well, let's get back to Earth. On the other side of the black hole. On the other side of the black hole. On the other side of meat. Beyond meat. You know about that? It's like the pea protein burgers. Yeah, I actually was just reading something about how it has like 25 GMO patents or something. Like Shh, it's super just crazy. Just eat the Beyond Meat. Uh, not. Well, it makes you aggressive potentially. Here, this is from KSN.com. Beyond Meat COO, Chief Operating Officer. Arrested for biting man's nose near Razorback Stadium. Maybe he's just really hungry after just living on <laughs> He Beyond was just meat. like, I just need some real meat. No. Here's the story. <laughs> a knows. food company Weird. executive was arrested on a pair of charges after reportedly binding a man's nose in a parking garage in Fayetteville on Saturday nights. That's a really random thing to do. Just after 10 p.m., an officer was dispatched for a disturbance that had been previously occurring in the stadium drive parking garage. The responding officer found two males with bloody faces at the scene. The officer spoke with both parties and a witness and determined that Ramsey was allegedly in the traffic lane of the structure attempting to leave when a Subaru inched his way in front of Ramsey's Bronco, making contact with the front passenger's side tire. Ramsey got out of the vehicle and allegedly punched through the back 
windshield of the Subaru. Look, bro, you need to chill out on the Beyond Meat if that's what it's going to make you do. Holy cow. And it's uh, how do we know he's eating what he sells though? And it's just a dr- know that. It's just a sub company of Tyson Foods, which really they're uh, creating mass produced foods all over America, potentially all over the world. So there you go. I thought that was interesting. I don't just know specifically they were owned by Tyson. I mean, it makes sense. These people that are making your Beyond Meat, they're Beyond Human. So just bite, stay, they might bite your in nose. My off, opinion, so watch out. In my humble opinion, and IMHO, stay away because you never know what could happen next. Okay. Here's another story. We're just going to do some weird ones for a while. That's what this is. Beyond the news. Local10.com. Headline. Miami Beach Commissioner thinks putting bounty on iguanas could curb growing population. Holy cow. Here's the story. They're invasive and destructive. And in the last few years, Miami Beach residents say the iguana population has been expanding exponentially. Video from several days ago shows an iguana hunter paid by the city shooting and collecting the scaly critters. But city leaders who met recently will be quadrupling the budget for iguana remediation and looking into more solutions. Like uh, iguana burgers. There you go. Beyond (laughs) iguana. Beyond iguana. By phone, Miami Beach Mayor Dan Gelber said last year's budget for iguana removal was fifty thousand and has been up to two hundred thousand. He would like to tackle the problem on both private and public properties. I had no idea. Did you? Iguanas taking over Miami? And this is what Commissioner Kristen Gonzalez said. I don't know, dead or alive, but if we pay per iguana, we're going to get more iguana, she said. People are going to go out and hunt them for money. I think that's a better use of our money. <laughs> wow. It's and a, it's and a, then what, I wonder? Iguana hunt-a-thon. Uh, if you need any extra cash, you can be a side hustle. If you're in Florida, you can be an iguana hunter. I'm not sure how much they're paying per iguana because, you know, they have old genetics these iguana they've been around for millions and millions of years kind of like this next story msn.com headline scientists discover 380 million year old heart stunningly preserved wow life so old here we go a 380 million year old fish heart found embedded in a chunk of australian sediment has scientists pulses racing their their hearts still pulsing all these millions of years later not only is the organ in remarkable condition but it could also yield clues about the evolution of jawed vertebrates which include you and me humans the heart belonged to an extinct class of armored jawed fish called arthrodires that thrived in the devonian period between 419.2 million and 358.9 million years ago. And the ticker's a good 250 million years older than the jawed fish heart that currently holds the oldest title. But despite the fish being so archaic, the positioning of its S-shaped heart with two chambers led researchers to observe surprising anatomical similarities between the ancient swimmer and modern sharks. 
And here's the quote, evolution is often thought of as a series of small steps, but these ancient fossils suggest there was a large leap between jawless and jawed vertebrates, says Professor Kate Trina Gistic, a vertebrae paleontologist at Australia's Curtin University and co-author of a new study on the findings. These fish literally have their hearts in their mouths and under their gills, just like sharks today. So they could be ancient sharks from millions and millions and millions of years ago. But it's the oldest one found so far on record. 250 million years older than the oldest one. So we're at 380. I don't know. Wow. Do the math on that one for me. Just hanging out there. It's pretty wild. Okay, look, not all of our news is good, but it is strange and weird. And this is some of the stuff going on on Earth. So this one's a little darker, people. But this is what's going on. I want to report on this. This is from abcnews.go.com headline lawsuit alleges child marriage, rape in Utah polygamous sect. Here's the story. Women who were members of a Utah polygamous group said in a lawsuit that they were forced into underage marriages in which their husbands raped them and that they had to perform child labor in the group's businesses. Jesus Christ. The Northern Utah-based Kingston group, also known as The Order, arranged such marriages so that the girls would become pregnant and beholden to their husbands, and the group alleges the lawsuit filed Wednesday in state court in Salt Lake City. Order girls are taught from birth that their primary purposes in life are to be obedient, a submissive wife, and to bear as many children as possible, the lawsuit states. Jesus Christ. Oh, Latter-day Saints. The group sought to maintain pure Kingston blood by arranging marriages between cousins and other close relatives and shunning relationships that weren't between white people. The lawsuit alleges. Well, some of them escaped. It sounds like they got out and now they're free and they're trying to sue these people. But the Kingston group is not affiliated with a polygamous group based on the Utah, Arizona line that is run by imprisoned leader Warren Jeffs, who is serving a life sentence in Texas for assaulting girls he considered brides. Jesus, this is just so brutal. No. Polygamy is not legit. Polygamy is a legacy of the early teachings of the mainstream Mormon church, which abandoned the practice in 1890 and now strictly prohibits it. Wow. Whoa. Brian, you're from Salt Lake City. What do you think about that? <laughs> uh, that's whack. I mean, that's... It's different. still happening. Like all that stuff that you thought was dealt with years ago that was out in the open in the internet age in 2022, there's still things like the order uh yeah no i mean growing up in salt lake that was a known thing it was known that there was still polygamy it was known there were still i mean go on realtor.com and look at houses and you'll see all kinds of houses that have like three different houses into one with different doorways and random things and it's not even about i mean polygamy is also different than like child slavery and forcing cousins to marry. Oh like there, those are kind of, there's a lot of layers there. Like p- 
polygamy. If I, I don't know, there's there's certain things that could be consensual for adults. I I don't know. That sounds still even different than like what the that whole thing's whack. They're controlling other humans with submission techniques. Yeah, that that's there's oppression like, and hierarchies, and it's it's sick. In the name all, of well, that's it's in the name of God of God, and that's <sighs> the part where you're like wait a minute like it's dark i mean that right could on. classify as satanic in like this very general loose sense all right let's pivot away from that let's go to something funny jesus christ but yeah i mean i would say it's sort of one of those elephants in the state shall we say in utah that yeah. that's that goes on in still shocking random rural areas or even in the city right under people's noses i don't know I just to say. had to report on that because I just, you know, we need to know these things and it is weird and strange. So, I mean, it is dark as hell, but you got to know. So here is the nationalpost.com. We're pivoting away from that with the headline. <laughs> I feel like I need to cleanse now. <laughs> with the headline, Canadian Army investigating after soldier parachutes over Petawawa while drinking beer. All right. What? <laughs> The Canadian Army is investigating after a video was posted on social media showing a soldier parachuting over Penawawa while drinking a beer. The video shows a bearded Canadian soldier attached to his parachute and slowly descending over a large body of water. He then holds up a can of beer, opens it, and starts drinking. The soldier then says, The government... And shakes his head before the video ends. Oh, funny. So funny. National Defense spokesman Dan Le Boutier said Saturday that the soldier was from the Quebec Royal 22nd Regiment. And the video was filmed during recent parachute training at Garrison Penawawa. And he's quoted as saying a unit investigation has been initiated. <laughs> As in, like, where did he get the beer? Or uh, like, more like, what are you doing? The soldier in the video is no longer serving, having left oh. the Canadian forces on September 1st. At this point, the military is not making his name public. So he's a funny guy. He did, you know, something that many people want to do, but not many people attempt. And now he's out of the Canadian military, which you would think would be pretty mellow. But you maybe know. he was already on his way out, though. Maybe like that's the part of the story is that he was already in his last week of duty or something. And then he decided to do that for his way out. Well, I don't often talk about cryptozoology and Bigfoot. It's not my most favorite topic, but I will bring it up when it's out there in the world. So here we go. KY3.com headline. Bigfoot sighting reported at South Carolina State Park. Okay, here we go. Here's the story. Three visitors to a state park in South Carolina claim they saw an animal they believe could be Bigfoot. The three people visited Hunting Island State Park on August 3rd and reported seeing an animal that was five to six feet tall and walking upright retreats into the woods from the roadway. The people were unable to take a photo quickly enough, but reported the sighting to park staff and to Bigfoot field researchers in the area. Okay. According to the report, the animal had legs that were approximately three feet long, human-like jointed knee with dark brown, splotchy black hair, 
that was approximately two inches long. The report continues, we were all in a state of amazement as to what occurred as it happened so quickly. We have enjoyed taking many vacations at the park throughout the years since we were children in the 1950s to the present. While the area is abundant in wildlife, we have never witnessed anything like this in the past. The park superintendent informed the group he would take the report as a credible incident and initiate investigation. And they're going to get that Bigfoot one day. Or is it interdimensional? I don't know. But this person is multidimensional. This guy that just achieved this new record. Better than Bigfoot. He's trying to, I don't know, maybe he is or not. His name's Dwayne Hansen. This is from MSN.com. The Washington Post reported on it. And here is the headline. Nebraska man squashes record for floating in a pumpkin, officials say. Dang. It's a 846-pound pumpkin that he grew. Dwayne Hansen had big plans for the 846-pound pumpkin he'd grown. He'd been trying to grow a pumpkin that big for nearly a decade, but it just wasn't for show. Hansen hollowed it out, plopped a cooler inside, and hit the banks of the Missouri River. The 60-year-old was on a quest to squash the Guinness World Record for longest journey by pumpkin boat. Yes, that is a record, and Hansen's not the first to use a giant gourd as a vessel. It's good to know you can use that for an emergency uh, safety device. If you're on the ocean, you can just bring a giant pumpkin with you. Yeah, I usually have one of those in the back of my car. Don't you? Officials in Bellevue, Nebraska, announced Hansen's record on Saturday, just hours after he'd completed the voyage to Nebraska City. Congratulations, Dwayne, for smashing the world record. They wrote in a Facebook post, we are proud that you started this record-breaking 38-mile journey in Bellevue. Wow, 38 miles in a pumpkin down the river. (laughs) That sounds kind of fun. You know what else is fun is some uh, other things that could happen on Earth, like gummy bears. Gummy bears are fun, right? Oh, yeah, they're fun. Well, this is from the Guardian.com headline. Wind turbine blades could be recycled into gummy bears, scientists say. Researchers design composite resin for blades that can be broken down to make new products, including candy. Great. <laughs> so if we weren't already questioning the ingredients in our food supply. Let's just uh, eat the wind turbines just, and quit yeah, complaining. Exactly. This is uh, the story. The next generation of wind turbine blades could be recycled into gummy bears at the end of their service, scientists have said. Researchers at Michigan State University have made a composite resin for the blades by combining glass fibers with a plant-derived polymer and a synthetic one. Once the blades have reached the end of their lifespan, the materials can be broken down and recycled to make new products, including turbine blades and chewy sweets. (laughs) I thought you were going to say not the new generation of wind turbines, but the new generation of people eating these (laughs) wind turbines. Well, the thing is, is that with wind power, those huge blades, they just go in landfills at the end of their 
life cycle when they're done. It's huge waste that nobody talks about in that world. But to combat the waste, researchers designed a new form of resin, digesting the resin in an alkaline solution produced potassium lactate, which can be purified and made into sweets and sports drinks. Here's a quote. We recovered food grade potassium lactate and used it to make gummy bear candies, which I ate, said John Dorgan, one of the authors of the paper. Okay. <laughs> Good luck with that, people. Don't eat. Uh, the wind turbine gummy bears are coming. <laughs> watch out. Here's some things to watch out for. This is from abc.net.au. Headline, kangaroo attacks leave coast town residents scared to leave home. The, the kangaroos what? are on the loose. The little fuzzy kangaroos. Oh, That's dude, they'll fun. get you. Here's the story. Residents in the small coastal town of Maroom on Queensland's Fraser Coast can no longer enjoy their afternoon walks. What? The quiet little town of around 220 permanent residents is under siege by a growing mob of kangaroos. Growing mob of kangaroos. That is something I've never heard. That's like the children's book. That <laughs> it's a sentence you don't hear every day. No. Um, perfectly manicured coastal lawns can at times be occupied by more than 15 kangaroos. But it is not enough to deter keen fishers and gray nomads on their travels. Caravan park manager Karen Slutclamp had to warn visitors to be cautious around the kangaroos. Here's what she said. There are too many to count, really. They're constantly hopping around the park in between caravans. People are just walking around with a big stick now. They're just so quick and you just don't know what they are. Okay, sounds like she's got kangarooophobia. What do they do exactly? Uh, like, I didn't know kangaroos were aggressive. Like, are they actually, they're attacking people? Like, jumping on them, biting them? What's going on here? They're really not doing much there it looks like they're just running at people and the people are just freaked out they're saying kangaroo attacks but there's no actual information about kangaroo attacks in this article so they're not attacking Interesting. they're just around okay or maybe they're so big and they're like jumping at people so they feel like they're going to get trampled or something i could suppose that be could, could be considered attack i wonder if they're out of food like it doesn't you know, well, maybe their habitat's been destroyed and they're like, hey, we're going to eat your grass. You guys like got any sandwiches? Oh, uh, well, here's the truth. It says while there actually are only a few attacks with kangaroos in Queensland, mostly they're dealing with male kangaroos and it's usually a territorial or mating display. Okay. So there's just kangaroos all over this one town. It's freaking everybody out. They just don't know. That, that, it's unsettling. They just don't know what can happen. They, you know, they, they just, it, it could go in any direction. Like this situation could go in any direction. From the MiamiHerald.com, here's the headline. Disoriented bear rescued after getting high from mad honey, Turkey officials said. Oh, dang. Park rangers found a disoriented bear cub that ate a hallucinogenic type of honey, according to officials in Turkey. High on mad honey... The baby brown bear lay on the brush-filled ground of a national park in Dutse, Turkey on August 11th, Reuters reported. The bear sat in odd positions, partially slumped over and disoriented. Photos shared on Twitter by Turkey's Ministry of Agriculture 
and forestry showed. Park rangers put the bear into the back of their pickup truck where she wobbled around looking confused and sat dazed and sprawled out. The bear was exhausted after consuming the large dose of honey, a ministry said. And what is mad honey? It's a type of honey that comes from a specific species of rhododendron flowers. The nectar of these flowers has cryanotoxin, a neurotoxin that acts like a drug when consumed. In small amounts, mad honey causes hallucinations and a high buzz. In overdose amounts, the honey causes vomiting, diarrhea, loss of consciousness, and other illnesses. Wow, I've never heard of that one before. Yeah, me neither. It's going to be a Turkish, huh? Turkish mad honey from rhododendron nectar. It's a, spe- it's a specific species known rhododendron. Okay. as delibal in Turkish. It's very, wow. Okay, so. And the bear got high that throw in the back of the truck till it chilled out a little bit. <laughs> and animals like psychedelics, huh? Uh, you know, they just found it and off he went. Yeah. The honey, the bear, the honey. He didn't know what honey he was getting into. Or maybe he did. And uh, we had bears high on psychedelic honey. Well, how about psychedelics that don't get you high? I want my money back. But here we go. This is from news.unchealthcare.org. The headline is scientists create non-psychedelic compound with same antidepressant effect. Here's the story. While illegal for recreational use, psychedelic drugs are showing great promise as treatments for severe depression and anxiety, as well as alcohol addiction and other conditions. Some advocates and scientists believe the actual psychedelic trip hallucinations and profound emotional experiences are what lead to long lasting therapeutic effects. Other scientists speculate that if the trip could be eliminated from such drugs, that only the therapeutic effects might remain. Uh, (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. So the trip isn't the therapeutic effect. I, I think that some people are saying that it is and they're saying, no, it's, it's biochemistry, it's brain activity. But published in Nature, recent researchers from UNC, Chapel Hill, UC San Francisco, Yale, Duke, and Stanford showed animal models that proved it's possible to create a compound that hits the exact same target as psychedelic drugs hit the 5-HT2A serotonin receptors on the surface of specific neurons, but does not cause the same psychedelic effects when given to mice. How do they know that? Yeah. Are the mice saying, ah, we're not as high as we were when you gave us the real shit? And what are they doing? They're like making, I mean, (laughs) I guess it, it would be depressing in itself to be a lab rat. So there's that. But I'm like, how do you determine that the rat is depressed and or then you're giving depressed. it they're like less where, depressed where's the, where's the breakdown of <laughs> and how do you know when they're tripping or not like how do you even know that that's well, so interesting the new compound triggers the same antidepressant action that researchers have long observed in mice treated with ssri drugs over the past two decades with just two differences 
the antidepressant action of the new compound was immediate and long lasting after just one dose. Interesting. So they're saying this stuff works way better. Interesting. You know, they're just going to keep experimenting with it. Sure. Take the high out of it, create the biochemical reaction, but that doesn't change anything. That's not going to change the power of the psychedelic experience. And that's what people are really after. You can give them this weird synthetic brain chemical stimulating pill, but that's not the same as interacting with divine energies and divine frequencies. How do you know that mouse isn't talking to God and you're not perceiving it because you're a human? Yeah, a couple things there. First of all, they're probably trying to isolate and do that because they can't patent things like mushrooms or whatnot. And so they're trying to find a synthesized thing so that they can put it in a little pill form and then they can sell it and make billions of dollars. So there's that. Then the other piece is truly the class of plant and other beings that are considered psychedelics are really truly entheogens which give that which are really just the openers to interface with god or the cosmos or whatnot so it's not just about depression in a biochemical sense it's more about people potentially realizing their position in the cosmos and how that changes their perspective on things but i mean i don't know leave it to pharmaceutical science to narrow it down to biochemical. Well, we've talked about these companies that are investing billions. I mean, we've reported that on that in the past and previous beyond the news episodes, but this is different. This is trying to create the back end of the experience without understanding the spiritual aspect. Again, it's a very typical physical reaction to the experience. The logical mind tries to physicalize to create a physical model of, of this multi-dimensional experience that can heal exactly. us. And this is what nature.com is saying in our next article headline, the psychedelic escape from depression. And the sub headline is clinical trials suggest that psilocybin, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms can provide durable remission from an increasingly common mental health condition. And here we go. This is a little bit about my home state here, Oregon. Here's the story. In January 2023, Oregon is due to embark on a groundbreaking real-world experiment in psychedelic medicine. This follows a ballot measure in 2020 in which voters called on the state to begin creating the infrastructure needed to make the hallucinogenic drug psilocybin available as a treatment for mental health disorders such as depression and anxiety. And they're also going to be creating like mushroom dispensaries. That's coming as well. Canada made a similar move in January 2022, albeit with far more restrictions, allowing designated clinicians to prescribe psilocybin to people with debilitating mental illnesses such as severe treatment resistant depression. This drug and the magic mushroom from which it is derived remain illegal in both the United States and Canada, 
as they are in most countries. But psilocybin is experiencing a renaissance as a potential therapeutic. The most excitement surrounds the treatment of depression with half a dozen clinical trials showing that a few doses of psilocybin can provide lasting remission for people who have otherwise struggled to obtain relief. Again, that's because of the spiritual multidimensional experiences that they have while under these natural products, try to create these pills that cut that part out. You're not going to get the same level of healing. Sounds more like the same bandaid approach. Like their symptoms go away, but is it really changing anything? Is it really getting to the depth of why they're depressed in the first place? Are they unpacking all of those things they've stuffed down? Like, who's to say if that process is happening without the trip itself and how exactly are you asking a mouse if that's happening? (laughs) Just, just curious. Going back to that one. Yes. But people need healing. A lot of people need healing, especially this person. This is from WJLA.com headline man accused of selling human body parts on Facebook arrested. Thank God they got it, but dear Lord. Yeah, that guy could use some healing. And then this is in Pennsylvania, Cumberland County. Here's the story. A man with a viral mugshot who is accused of selling human body parts on Facebook. I guess that's the place you go and you have body parts. Is now behind bars after Pennsylvania police made an arrest. East Pennsboro Township received a complaint about possible human body parts being sold in Enola, Pennsylvania. Police were then led to the house of Jeremy Polly, where an, an investigation was conducted after police were able to receive a search warrant for the property. In his residence, people, get ready for this. <sighs> Gotta take a breath. In his residence, Polly was confirmed to have three full skeletons, approximately 15 to 20 human skulls and buckets containing 15 gallons of human remains and organs such as livers, brains, kidneys, etc. According to the affidavits, the documents state Polly was found to have purchased these human body parts via Facebook. Again, it must be the place to go from a female in Arkansas named Candace Scott. They found a sales receipt, and this is what he got for $4,000. One whole head minus the skull cap, three brains with a skull cap, one heart, one liver, one lung, two kidneys, one full female pelvis, one piece of skin with a nipple, four hands. Again, $4,000. partridge in a pear tree? (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, my God. An investigation by Arkansas FBI was able to determine that the remains were stolen from a mortuary in Arkansas. (laughs) That mortuary was connected with the University of Arkansas, who had used the mortuary as a way for students in medical fields to study real human bodies, which is valuable, of course. Okay, well, at least they were taken from a mortuary from people who were already dead. That's maybe, whoa. Yeah, no, thankfully he didn't kill anybody. It wasn't like, yeah, whoa. 
Authorities say that Polly had admitted to purchasing two shipments of body parts from Scott, stating that he was a collector of oddities and that the human parts were purchased through legal means, which is fa- somehow Facebook. Marketplace. <laughs> you can get a bike. It's legal. It's or, on there. Anything you know, on there is legal, people. Police also say that they were able to determine that those human remains were then being sold by Polly for monetary gain. So he was kind of like just this body part hustler in the black market. Like weed, you can't really make money selling weed anymore or other substances because they're legalized in certain places or they're just so plentiful. Is that like people that do that on Amazon where they buy like 40 pairs of pants for 10 cents each exactly. and then they resell no, them for $10 he's, he's each. He's a reseller. He's a verified reseller <laughs> of human body parts. From that, this lady that's got a connection to the morgue. Or like, God what? only knows. They're like, well, they, look, this is the best form of recycling. They could just go in the trash. This is biohazards. Just go in the trash. No, he's recycling these. He's selling them at a profit to people that doing that, that are doing God knows what black magic rituals. I could only speculate uh, but just to cap this Beyond off. Burgers. I mean, who oh! knows? <laughs> oh, but just to cap this off, Polly was arrested and released on a $50,000 bond on August 18th on the charges of abuse of a corpse, receiving stolen property and dealing in proceeds of unlawful activities. Oh. <sighs> abuse of a corpse. I don't really want to think about what that means even, but yeah. Okay, look, we got three more to go, and they're all going to be really funny. One's going to be oh, good. really Let's weird. Let's lighten the load after that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be lightning. We're going to be doing something to the load. There's definitely something happening, but, uh, you know, I just want to uh, talk about this situation. A U.S. chess player recently became the world champion, and there's controversy. They're saying he used a sex toy. He used a toy to to cheat you're gonna love this okay here we go insider.com headline how a top u.s chess player became the victim of a bizarre rumor that he used a it's hard to even say the word love toy to be a world champion there how about that i don't know if there's love in it we'll just say okay maybe if he won he loved that thing and uh here's uh and here's the story. American chess grandmaster Hans Niemann has become the subject of a bizarre online rumor that he used a sex toy to beat Norwegian world champion Magnus Carlsen. Unsubstantiated rumors, <laughs> those are the worst kind, has spread online suggesting that Niemann may have used wireless anal beads that vibrated to signal what moves he shouldn't be. Oh, so here's what I want to know. Okay. Yes. That, that, that rumor happened. I thought maybe it like relaxed him. I didn't realize it was about sending messages. So who is then in the audience telling like him the correct moves? Morse code here. happening. <laughs> like what? Oh, God. What do the things people uh, think of? Okay. But, but okay, it was n- a rumor. N- it's a rumor. N- Nyman 19 defeated Carlson in a stunning upset in the Sinkfield Cup on September 4th. He ended Carlson's 53-game unbeaten streak despite having begun the tournament as the lowest-rated mm, player. Fishy, huh? There's a Disney movie in that without the, <laughs> the thing. The Carlson sparked speculation when he withdrew from the tournament the following day 
and tweeted a cryptic video of Portuguese soccer manager Jose Morhino saying, I prefer really not to speak. If I speak, I'm in big trouble. So that was, that was somebody else saying that he tweeted that. So somehow that means that he did cheat somehow. He's denying cheating against Carlson, of course. And he says, if they want me to strip naked, I'll do it. I don't care because I know I'm clean. You want me to play in a closed box with zero electronic transmission? I don't care. I'm here to win. All right. <laughs> you know, I suppose if you really beat that guy after and it was just started on Reddit, it was just some person on Reddit. Now Reddit's becoming the news. It's so strange. Uh, yeah. How did you, we don't know how he won. Well, I was going to say, if you're the guy that you're the guy that lost after your 53rd streak, you're like, it is there's the no only way thing. he could have won unless he was doing this. Yeah. All know. other possibilities have been removed. There's only one okay. left. Why, why, Vibrating anal beats. why is that even in the news? Like, why is oh that something you can read? <sighs> Well, we just did. It was funny because it's funny, but yeah, I, know. I guess it's part of the human experience. Who manufactured those wireless anal beats? That's Who another question that I, <laughs> I don't really, yeah. I don't know anything about it. People, I know nothing. This is from cbsnews.com. We have two more stories left. We always do kind of silly, funny ones at the end. Here's the headline. 50 wheels of contraband cheese seized by U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers. Uh-oh, not heroin, but cheese. Here's the story. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officers made an unusual discovery at a Texas border crossing last week. A woman was trying to enter the U.S. with 100 pounds of undeclared cheese. Undeclared cheese? You have to declare your cheese, Brian. <laughs> Didn't she know that? A woman driving an SUV arrived at the Paso del Norte border crossing in El Paso just before 7 a.m. on September 6th, according to a press release from CBP. She was from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and was entering Texas from Mexico. The woman declared 10 wheels of cheese, but when... Officers inspected her car. They found an additional 50 wheels of undeclared cheese hidden under blankets in the back row of the vehicle. In total, the contraband cheese weighed about 100 pounds. The cheese was seized and destroyed, and the woman received a $1,000 civil penalty. Damn it, you cheese Wait, smuggler. What? I Why does the cheese have to be destroyed? Like, because you what? can only bring back a certain amount. Because you could disrupt the American cheese industry, I guess. <laughs> what? Like I don't know. I don't know. Look, <laughs> here, hold on. So hold weird. on. Okay. Let's, yes. Let's listen to this. Travelers can import cheese with within personal consumption levels. Maybe she likes cheese. Says CBP Port Director Ray Provencia. A few wheels would generally be fine, but not sixty. It was undeclared, and that amount would be a commercial quantity. Uh-huh. And then they probably charge more money. And he's saying an additional reporting required. So she could have brought it in. She was just trying to get away from the fee. Right. But the, couldn't they just charge her a fee? Do they have to like take the cheese and destroy uh, it? That's, no, that's, <laughs> that's what she gets. I guess that's the lesson learned. And they all ate the cheese. They had a freaking cheese party that night. 
probably. They made cheesecake and. Did they test the cheese? Was there anything in the cheese? Just like, deliciousness. It was right. the real deal. Okay, final story. This is a warning. This is funny. This is strangely about the human experience. It's about our love for technology. For some people, a hate for technology. This is about so much. You can unpack the shit out of this next one. It's our final one for this episode of Beyond the News. Here it is. This is a warning. This is from the Thai Red Cross, Thailand. You can find this at coconuts.co. It's from Bangkok. Here is the headline. Please don't actually sell your kidneys for an iPhone 14, says the Thai Red Cross. Oh, yeah, don't. And there's do a that. picture of three people with medical patches with blood stains around where their kidneys is. I don't know about that one. They look kind of fake, but the picture implies that they traded a kidney for the, the new iPhone 14. Here is the article, the final article. Bartering away vital organs in exchange for smartphones is illegal. A health official warned yesterday in response to a jokey photo spreading across social media. Responding to online unease over viral marketing that suggested new iPhones could be obtained with a kidney, a doctor with the Red Cross condemned its misleading message in case anyone was getting the wrong idea. Here's a quote. There is no organ trading like this. It's prohibited, said Sofan Mekton of the Thai Red Cross. It's inappropriate that organ trading is promoted, especially to exchange one for money to buy an iPhone. It's immoral and unethical. Selling body parts for shiny new iPhone 14s became an actual topic after a beauty clinic in Laos published an image of three people holding up new phones while displaying blood-soaked and bandaged belly wounds that looked like surgical scars. The photo made it to the Thai internet Saturday via a meme page that garnered lots of reactions. The term selling one's kidney has been adopted as an internet parlance in recent years for all the big ticket items that Thais struggle to afford. So on the Thai internet, they talk about that a lot, selling one's kidney. There, it's a real thing. People do it. There's been stories about people that have done that. And then the other kidney fails. And then the iPhone that they have is now like 10 years old. And not I was going to really say, so your iPhone lasts a couple of years till the next one comes out and that one doesn't work anymore. And then like, then what do you do? So the Thai Red Cross is saying, please, people don't do that because the iPhone 15 is going to be better. Save yeah, your you kidney. Yeah, you save that kidney. <laughs> save it. You know, it's, Yeah. Oh, You're wow. going to be so bummed if you got the 14 and then there's like some quantum leap in technology oh, and the 15, coming. then you're gonna be like, I don't have any but kidneys then the 16, left. the 17. Maybe teeth or um, what else could you sell? Yeah, maybe no, you don't do it. Maybe you one of those kidneys from Facebook that are from people that are already dead and then you could give those. And how would they know? <laughs> how would they know Are they testing kidneys? them for life? Okay. Anyways, yeah, don't, Bryn, don't do it. We have another Beyond the News episode in the books. I'm so happy about this. That's great. This That's, is so cool. Thank yeah, you for being a, a part one. of this. We learned a lot about space this time, a lot about the advancements going on in space, Mars, Uranus, 
uh, exoplanets, Earth-like planets. There's just so much going on there. UFOs. Um, and then other anomalies uh, about the human experience. We covered a lot of ground uh, this episode. Yes. Hey, I had a question. Sure, yeah, back go for to, it. Back to the article about the asteroid interception with the oh yeah the okay grown chemicals yeah, and then so you, it came from space they found it they're like wait it was already here no 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 not that one the one where they intercepted an asteroid with yeah. the nuclear oh thing. oh where they blew a chunk off the blew the chunk off yes so so then the whole theory about how every every single motion creates a ripple like every word every thought every action every everything creates a ripple that goes all the way through the universe so i was thinking about this human created ripple that just happened where they just decided hey we're gonna take this thing seven just because it's far away from earth it's seven million miles away it's you know safe for us here and we're just see gonna blow this it. thing we can see if we can hit it and like then dark. it's like dark like, so it was like what's, dark. what are what's now the cosmic repercussions of that ripple in space like what what universes are going to be altered or what you know what galaxies are going to be shifted what black holes are going <laughs> to happen because we decided to like blow this but thing it was up. all part of the story it's all part of the universal story it's right. all one thing so and it's I don't all know. sounds kind of like a Hollywood movie. <laughs> like, we blew this thing up and then, yeah. So, you know, anyway, there, I there's just, some story curiosity. that they probably put colonists on it. There's really colonists living now on the asteroid shooting through space. They're quite possibly. So, they just said we blew a chunk off. That's just where we had to put all the houses and, yeah. and various things. Or seeded. We could have seeded it, right? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We're putting a bunch of human DNA in it. That's the thing. And then wherever it lands, that's where the next version go. of humanity is. Oh, my God, people. Bryn, what an incredible episode. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> Certainly. Thanks for having me. I, I deeply appreciate it. Everyone, we covered a lot of ground. Like I said, we talked about so many cool things. I deeply appreciate you being here. And sticking it out to the end of these Beyond the News episodes. If you're sticking it out. Yeah, because it got wacky at the end there. <laughs> if you're sticking it out all the way to the end, then you must love me. And I just love you and you must love Bryn and Bryn loves you too, right? You love Bryn. Oh, absolutely. It's just, we have so much love for you guys and we appreciate the support. There's changes coming in the midnight on earth universe where there's expansion right around the corner. Um, and I just want to thank you guys for being there since day one, some of you. And, and now two years, over two years, we've been doing this and having so much fun and growing every day. And I just want to thank you again. So I get to do that on these beyond the news episodes. I just get to, chill out and tell you what's coming out of me stream of consciousness do you have anything else to say before we go Brent? any final words i here? think i'm good i feel like a lot was said All you right. know? <laughs> we're, we're well you good. can check her out vitalforceherbs.com you know she has an incredible you line you could do that That'd be um, cool. let us know what you think about that blue cobra cbd.com all of you out there i hope you're doing well let's have a fantastic week Next Thursday, I'll be seeing you. Email me again. Like I said at the beginning, feel free to email me anytime. Let's connect. Let's grow this community, this Midnight on Earth community. Let's grow it together. Let's connect. Connect with me, people. Connect with Bryn. She's here as well. And we will see you now. Then, between now and then, we will see you next week, Midnight on Earth. <laughs>